This Sikha on Parshas Vayeschanan, which is printed in connection to the Mitzvah of Shabbos in the Aseris Hadibrois, was originally said by the Rebbe as a Siyum on Mesech Shabbos. So that's what the Sikha is going to be, also a Siyum on Mesech Shabbos. And in order to help us understand the Sikha, just first clarify a number of points, what the Gemara is referring to and what the Sikha is going to be about. The Gemara is discussing and relating the following story all the way at the end of Masech Shabbos, that there was a narrow alleyway in between two houses. In this alleyway was lying a person that was on the verge of death. He was about to die. And being that above this person, there was this barrel type of thing in between the two alleyways, alleyways covering over part of this person. So everything with under that barrel and including also, there was an opening to the house beneath that. So everything within that area would have become Tomei had this person died. So this includes also the opening to the house and everything within that room in the house. The people in the house were trying to avoid the tumor of happening. So what they did was they put in to the window that was leading into the house, which would have brought in that tumor, they blocked it up with an earthenware vessel in order to stop the tumor. Now the truth of the matter is, there was a possibility that maybe they wouldn't have even become tummy for another reason. Because in this barrel there was a big opening, there was a crack. And if this crack would have had the amount of what's called poiseach tefach, that is a tefach by a tefach, something of a tefach could go inside of it, then the tumor that's underneath it would be considered going up and through that crack, getting lost, so to speak, and only going to that crack, not spreading to anything else beneath that barrel. And therefore they wanted to check whether in fact there was even a need to close that window so they now attempted to put something that was the size of a tefach through that hole in the barrel to check whether, in fact, there was a need to block up the window. The way, they, the way they did that was by tying a reed string around a small little jug or, or of some sort of that size, and they were going to lift that up into that opening in the barrel to check whether in fact it had the size of a tefach, in which case there wouldn't have even have been a need to block up the window not that, so that the tumor does not extend into the house. The Gemara says that based on the, the things that were done right now, blocking up the window, as well as the tying that, string, that reed string around this particular vessel, as well as measuring the hole, we learn out a number of halachis in regards to Shabbos, as we'll see in a moment, of things that could be done in certain cases on Shabbos. The Rebbe is mostly going to be discussing in our sikha the particular order of the halachis that the Gemara chooses or the Gemara discusses based on this story, why the Gemara is referring to it in this particular order. The Rebbe also, after a lengthy discussion in the halachis of Shabbos, and understanding various different gzairis, Midrabanon is going to bring this all out, also al piderach So to start the sicha, in connection to the dinim of Shabbos, which the keeping of Shabbos is one of the Aseris Hadibris written also in this week's parsha, 
We find in the Mishnah at the end of Masech Tashabas, Umaysa, there was a story in the days of the father of Rab Tzadok, and in the days of Abashol ben Botnis, where they blocked up a window with an earthenware jug, and they tied an earthenware vessel with a reed in order to know whether in that barrel, in the crack in the barrel, there's the size of a tefach in the opening or not. And the Gemara goes on to say that from there, the Mishnah says, from this story we learn that we are allowed to block up a window, we are allowed to shutter or seal a window, in a temporary way that is. And we are allowed to measure, and we are allowed to tie something on Shabbos. So that means on Shabbos we're allowed to do these three things, to block the window, to measure, and to tie a knot if it's not a permanent knot. The Gemara there explains that only measuring for the sake of a mitzvah would be permitted. So too regarding making that knot, it says explicitly in Shulchan Aruch that it's only for the sake of a mitzvah one is allowed to do an expert knot, but one that's not going to last, not a permanent knot. However, in regards to blocking up the shuttering, to sealing the window, Toysavis explains that this would be considered fine even if it was not for the mitzvah. The Rebbe asks, the order why the Seder, the, or, the Mishnah, says first that we learn out that we are allowed to block the window, then speaks about the measuring and the tying, we can understand simply because that's following the sequence of what happened in the story. First they blocked the window, then they did the other parts of tying and measuring to see whether that little vessel would fit through the hole. However, what about the order of tying and then measuring? That should have been the order. First they tied the vessel and then they measured to see whether it would fit into that crack. The question then is, why is the Gemara saying it in the reverse order? The Gemara says that we learned that we could first measure and then tie. Now, even if you might want to say that the reason of the order of these things is not because of the order of the incident the way it happened, rather, the reason why poikik and blocking up the window comes first is because of a rule that we could imply also from a toisvus that when we have a few words next to each other, we'll first say the din, the word, the halacha, that's the bigger chiddush, the more novel idea, and then we add, and needless to say, also the second thing, and also the third thing. In other words, we always say the idea that applies in the biggest chidush first. And therefore, we have first the halacha of poikikin, of blocking up the window, because there is a greater chidush in this halacha. And that is that in this particular case, What's, what's the issue with blocking up a window? It might seem similar to building. But the fact that we allow to block up this window actually teaches us, because it's something so serious, similar to building, Toysavis explains that this would be true then in any case, even if it's not for a mitzvah, because otherwise, since it's so close to building, we wouldn't have allowed it for a mitzvah either. So because the chiddush over here is that we could do this in any case, not only in a case of a mitzvah, that's why that comes first. Whereas the measuring and the tying, which would be allowed only in the case of a mitzvah. So that's all very nice to say why the plugging up of the hole comes first, but this would not be able to apply in regards to the two dinim of measuring and tying, because in these two cases they seem to be having an equal they both seem to be teaching us the same basic halacha, 
that we could do this for the sake of the mitzvah. And since there is no chidush in one over the other, wouldn't have it made more sense that once again the Mishnah should have gone in the order of how it actually happened. At first they tied this little jug or this little bottle and only then did they go ahead and measure whether it fits into that hole. The Rebbe says if anything there is actually a bigger chidush. It's a more novel idea to say that we are allowed to tie that reed rather than measuring. Why is that? Because the reason we don't measure on Shabbos is not actually anything to do with any malacha. It's only that it's a weekday sort of activity. It looks like we're acting a little bit cheaply with Shabbos. Whereas tying a knot, even though it's not a permanent knot, and that's why it's midrabanon, but it's similar to tying a knot midoiraisa. And therefore, it would seem much more obvious that a knot, which is similar to a doiraisa, would be obvious that that should be usur, rather than measuring, because it's only an, a weekday activity. And therefore, when we want to say that they're actually permitted litzoyrech mitzvah, which one is the greater chidush? The greater chidush is the fact that we are even allowing to tie a knot. If that's the case, tying the knot should have been mentioned first, before the measuring. So again, in addition to the fact that it happened first, if we're also going in the order of saying which one is the bigger chidush, tying a knot seemingly should come first. What the Rebbe is about to do now, over the next few se'ifim in the sicha, eventually what the Rebbe is going to show us why, in fact, it was a bigger chidush to say, the measuring part. Even more than making the knot, but in order to do this, the Rebbe is first going to explore the isser of making a knot, of making a temporary knot. The Rebbe is going to compare this to other malachis of Shabbos, etc. So the Rebbe continues and says, we're going to understand all of this by something that says in the beginning of Masech Shabbos, that in the Malacha in the Isur of carrying something out on Shabbos, Midoiraisa, it's only if we have something called an Akira and an Hanocha. Akira means you uprooted it, you lifted it in one place, and then you put it down somewhere else. If, however, someone only lifted it up, but and after moving through the right amount of space, never ended up putting it down, or the reverse, he put it down, but he's not the one that picked it up, so that would only be Asur Midrabonon. The question is a known question. Why shouldn't we say Midrabonon that even one of these activities, picking it up or putting it down, should be Asur as well, based on a rule that we have of Chatsi Shiur is Asur Minatayra. That is, even though, yes, we may be punished only if we have a full amount of something in certain instances, but we're still not allowed to do even half the amount. And this is true even in regards to the Molochis of Shabbos, that a half of something is also considered an Isur. So why don't we say that lifting it up or putting it down by itself would be Midoiraisa? And the explanation given on this is based on looking at the expression of this very rule itself. And that is, we said, chatzi shir, a half of a shir, a half of a measure is osur minatoyer, meaning to say that when the issue is about the quantity, so then we say that even if you didn't have the full quantity, what you're doing is already not allowed. If you would have had more, then there's actually a punishment associated, etc. But we're not speaking about the quality of what's being done. 
If what's lacking in the activity is not only in the quantity, but it's also in the very essence of what's being done, then it's not Osir Menat Says the Rebbe the same thing in this case. When someone only lifts up an object or only puts it down, this is called not a half a shear, it's half the measure of what's needed to be done, it's a half a malacha. The work itself was not completed. In other words, the quality of what's being done, the quality of the activity is actually missing. This is not the idea of carrying something out. It needs to involve both aspects of lifting it up and putting it down. So you're not only missing a little bit of the shear, but we're missing in the very essence of the malacha. Says the Rebbe, we could apply the same idea to tying a knot. Because seemingly, one might say, even when someone is tying a knot that's not a permanent knot, meaning you didn't completely um, finish that knot in a professional way, and you were you did it in a way that you were not planning to leave it forever, and we say that then it's not osur minatoira. The question could remain the same question as we had before. Why isn't this like Chatzishir? Why isn't this also Asimratoidi? You did part of the job and you didn't finish it. And the answer will be something similar to what we said in regards to lifting up something and putting it down on Shabbos. It's not that you're missing some of the quantity of the mitzvah. You're not only doing a part of the shear, but rather you're missing the whole quality and the whole essence of what the malach is all about. It's like you did a half job Meaning to say you're missing in the job itself. Because the fact that you have in mind to leave a knot forever, this is actually part of the malach itself. This is part of the definition of the work you're doing. That you're making a knot now and it's part of the plan that you want it to remain forever. If you don't have that in mind, if it's you don't have in mind that it's going to remain forever then what's happening is you're missing within the malacha itself and that's why it's not osur minatayr. The Rebbe, however, asks on this the following. When it comes to the malacha, when it comes to the this particular work of lifting something up or putting it down on Shabbos by itself, which we said is only osur midrabonon, we don't find that for the sake of a mitzvah it should be permitted. On the contrary, it says in fact in the Mepharshim that the reason why the mission and beginning of Shabbos starts off when discussing the dinim of taking something out or bringing something in on Shabbos. The examples given in that Mishnah is of a poor man and a rich man. Rich man inside, poor man outside. Rich man stretching out his hand and giving something to the poor man is in order to show us that even when one is giving tzedakah, when one is helping a poor man, even that would be osir on Shabbos. In other words, even for the sake of a mitzvah, we wouldn't say that you're allowed to pick up the object alone without putting it down or the other way around. So the question is, why is it that by for tying a knot, a knot that's not a permanent knot, would we say that for the sake of a mitzvah it would be allowed? In other words, based on the explanation that we gave before, just to clarify, based on the explanation that we gave before, that in both of these cases, the reason why it's not osur minatoira is because you're basically missing out on the whole malacha, the malacha itself is not a proper malacha, it's not only missing the quantity, but the malacha itself is lacking. Then why would there be a difference that with the Akira and Hanacha, with the carrying out on Shabbos, we are more strict? 
Whereas with the kesher, with the knot, we're saying for the sake of a mitzvah, if it's not a permanent kesher, even the Rabbanon are not bothered by that. So the Rebbe explains the difference in the following way. That even though in both cases, by carrying out on Shabbos, as well as making this, perm- this knot that's not permanent, seemingly, they're both us or mid but the reason for the Isser in each case is different. The reason for the Isser, that the Rabbanon didn't want you to just lift up the object or put it down, is the Gzeira, is because of a decree that you may end up doing the full Malacha on Shabbos. In other words, you picked it up, the Chachamim will allow you to pick it up, you may end up putting it down as well. So this is from the category of the kind of Gzeiris that the Chachamim made, that they don't want you to come to a harsher Isser, to the Isser Minatoira, to an Isser of Skila. So they say, don't even do part of the Malacha. However, when it comes to the Isser of making the knot, which is not a permanent knot, is for a different reason. And that is because Midrabonon, they consider this also like a permanent knot because it's going to last for some time. In other words, it's not because it's going to end up getting you to a different Avera, to a harsher, stricter situation. Rather, they're saying even this kind of knot, to a certain extent, is similar to a permanent knot. So it's the kind of things that the Chachamim make us because they are similar to a Malacha. Now, since the Isur of making this non-permanent knot is not because you might come to an Isur Medoi so rather it's only because it's similar to an Isur Medoi therefore we could differentiate and we could say that in the case where there is some sort of need for a mitzvah, for example, to make this knot, the Chachamim could come along and say, and say, in this case, it's not as bad, because ultimately it's only similar to a, to a malacha. It's not an actual malacha. Whereas in the case of carrying on Shabbos, lifting something up or putting it down by itself, in that case, we're actually worried that you may end up coming to do a Yisr Min So we can understand that there's room to be much more strict, because we are worried you may come to do a bigger Avera, and that's why even L'Tzoyrech Mitzvah, it would be Osir. However, there's still one problem. We just said that for the Malacha of carrying out on Shabbos, we're worried that you may end up doing the whole Malacha. By the Easter of making a knot, we're not worried about that. It's for a totally different reason. It's just too similar to making a knot. Well, the question is, why aren't we worried when you're making a knot that you may end up making a permanent knot? In other words, seemingly it should be for that reason as well. And therefore, it should be asur, even for the sake of a mitzvah, just like we said in the case of Hoytzah, of taking out on Shabbos, which would be asur, even for the case of a mitzvah. And the Rebbe, in fact, says that seemingly here it should be even more so. If in the case of Akira, of lifting something up on Shabbos, or the other way around, we're worried because... You might do the other part. Now in that case, what we are worried about is you're still going to need to do another whole activity, either putting it down or picking it up, and yet we're worried, yes, you may do that other action, and therefore we don't allow you to do the first one. How much more so in the case of making the knot, where really you are making a knot, the same sort of knot. The only question is what you have in mind. Is it going to be a permanent knot? Is going to stay forever? Or is it not going to stay forever? Seemingly over here, it's even more. 
or closer to the actual malacha that you may end up doing the whole malacha because you are making the knot, you are doing the action. All that's missing is your thought that you're thinking it's going to be forever or not forever. So sure, certainly we should have said that you shouldn't be allowed to make this knot even for the sake of a mitzvah. So the Rebbe explains it in the following way. The Rebbe says, the reason why the Torah said that a knot that is a permanent knot and only a permanent knot is Osir, the Rebbe explains it is because what's the idea of making a knot? The idea of making a knot is when we are connecting, uniting two different things together, taking two threads, for example, and tying them together. But the only way how you could consider it a real permanent bond between the things is only if one had in mind that it is going to stay forever, meaning the knowledge or what you have in mind itself is a crucial condition in the making of the knot. This is really what's making it permanent is what's in your mind. And therefore, if in your mind, you only had in mind that it's going to be for a short amount of time and then you're going to undo it, that means even when it was tied together, it's not a real connection, it's not a real bond, and therefore it's not really called a proper knot that the Torah was concerned with. And therefore, the Rebbe says, we can understand that if a person doesn't have the knowledge, the intention rather, that this knot is going to stay. So it doesn't mean that he's only missing part of the malacha, but rather it's as if the whole essential point of the malacha of knotting, it doesn't exist. Because these threads are not tied together, they're not really united, you never had in mind to keep them together. All that's happening is there's just an act of keeping them together right now, some threads touching each other or being together, but you never even have in mind that they're going to stay together. And therefore the Rebbe says, since in this case it's as if you don't even have part of the malacha being done, the malacha that the Torah was concerned with, therefore the Chachamim did not make the decree that maybe you will come from doing a bit of the malacha to do the whole malacha min ha-Torah, because really you didn't do anything at all min ha-Torah, because your, your intention over here was of most crucial importance. Based on this, the Rebbe says we can now understand that when the Chachamim do nevertheless come along and say that we shouldn't do it, it's only because it looks like, it seems like a malacha that's awesome and not traitor, but not because we're worried you're going to get to that malacha. And therefore, since we're not worried about getting to the malacha, therefore the Chachamim could come along and say, since it's only similar to a malacha, we're going to allow you, allow you to do it for the sake of a mitzvah. Whereas in the case of carrying on Shabbos, when we're speaking about only lifting, uh, we're speaking about you only lifted it up or you only put it down. In this case, according to the Torah, what's the malacha? The malacha is that you're taking it out or bringing it in from one domain to the other. And this is going to include a number of details. You have to lift it up. You have to put it down. And if you're missing one of those parts, so yes, it's true you didn't do the whole malacha. You're even missing part of the quality, part of the essence of the malacha. But whatever you did is definitely done. That's definitely part of the malacha that needs to be done. And therefore we could say that even a part of the malacha will be also because we're worried you're going to do the rest of it and you're going to be over on the Isser Minatayra. And because of this, we can understand that they'll make a gzera and they're gonna, and because of this, they're not going to say that for the sake of a mitzvah, you could dismiss this and go ahead and do it because of the severity and the worry that you may end up coming to an iser midoy raisa. 
So before moving on to the next piece of the Sikha, where the Rebbe sort of brings us all together, just to summarize the main point that we were discussing. Originally, the Rebbe was saying, it seems to be that to allow making a not on Shabbos, L'Tzoyrech Mitzvah, would have been a bigger chidush than saying that you're allowed to measure on Shabbos, which measuring is not even related to any halacha at all. It's just a weekday activity. So the Rebbe was building up and trying to explain to us what really is the malacha of making a knot. And how, when one makes a knot, that's not a kesha shal kayomo, when one is making a knot that's not a permanent knot, in his mind it's not going to stay forever, he's planning to take it apart. In essence, no malacha happened over here at all. All the Chachamim were concerned is that it's in some way similar, it looks similar to doing a Molochah Menatoira. But in essence, there's no Molochah over here at all. Very different to the case of carrying on Shabbos where you actually did do part of the Molochah. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why in the Mishnah, in the end of the Masechta, it, it first speaks about measuring and then tying. And we want to understand this in a way that measuring is going to be a bigger Chidush to say that you're allowed to do that, although originally we said it would seem to be that making a knot would be a bigger chidush. So the Rebbe explains as follows. We just explained that when a person makes a knot that's only temporary, that the Chachomim didn't allow, we said in, in no way are you doing any part of a Molochah Medoir Isa. The Isser is only because it seems similar to a proper knot Menatoira. In other words, the Isser is not coming because of what you did in the knot, but rather because it looks like it could be compared to something else, to a malacha that's oser. But it's not really connected to it. It's not that malacha at all. In other words, if not for the comparison, there would be no reason at all to make it oser. Whereas the idea of measuring, even though it's true, the Easter of it has nothing to do with any malacha that's oser menatoira. Not a part of a malacha, not similar to a malacha in any way connected to a malacha. The whole basis is only midrabanon because they don't want you to desecrate Shabbos and to act cheaply with Shabbos and so on. On the other hand, but the fact that the Chachamim made it usur, we now understand that they are actually concerned with the activity of measuring itself. They consider this a weekday activity, desecrating Shabbos to a certain extent, cheapening Shabbos. In other words, just to clarify again, in the case of making the knot, so the Chachamim are saying it looks similar to Isser Menatoira, but in essence it's nothing, it just looks similar. Whereas in the case of measuring, although it's not related to any Mulach in the Torah at all, but the Chachamim are actually concerned with the actual activity of measuring. They're saying measuring itself is a problem. Based on this, it makes sense to say that in the idea of measuring, which the Chachamim are making usher because in its own right, for its own sake, there's actually more room to be strict with it, even more than making that temporary knot, which we said is not even usur on itself. And therefore, when the Mishnah wants to tell us that both of them are allowed for the sake of the mitzvah, and we said before we're going to say the bigger chidush first, so we first mention the fact that you're allowed to measure on Shabbos. Based on what we said before, that we always say the chidush first, and we just explained that measuring would actually be a, even a bigger chidush, because this is something usur by itself, midrabonum. Only then does it add that you're also allowed to make the, per, the temporary knot, which is not even such a big chidush, because the whole idea of making the knot is not even so usur anyways. 
The Rebbe now moves into the Sicha, explaining these three ideas of sealing that hole, blocking the hole, the original window, and measuring and, and making a knot. The Rebbe is going to explain this now, and in this particular order as well. But first, the Rebbe says that from the words that the Mishnah uses, that from here we learn that poikikin, that we block up the window, the terminology used is in present tense as if a certain thing that is happening. It doesn't say we are allowed to, to shutter that window, to seal the window. It says poikikin, we do this. It makes it sound like it's implying that you need to do this. This is a constant thing. This is something that should be done. So the Rebbe is going to explain this based on first what's explained elsewhere in Lukuti Sichus. The Rebbe says, based on Alpichsidis, why is it that Mesechta Meshabbos starts off with those dinim that we discussed before, the dinim of Haitzah, of taking out from one Rishus, from one domain to another? And the Rebbe says that in another Sichus it's explained because Beruchnius, this is something that's really a very, very general idea about all of Shabbos. And that is, any time what a person is going to do, one of the malachas that one is not meant to do on Shabbos, what he's technically doing is taking out from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim. How is that? Rishus HaYachid refers to the domain of the Yachid of Yechid HaShalolim, of Hashem, the one and only. Rishus HaRabim refers to the domain of the many, which refers to a world of Klippas, a place where it seems to be separation. Every time a person does any of the malachas of Shabbos, in a certain sense, that's exactly what he's doing. He's going out from the world of Kedusha, taking things out of the world of Kedusha of Hashem, and bringing it into the worlds of Klippas. And this is why this comes as an introduction to all the other halachas of Shabbos. Says the Rebbe, similarly, all the way at the end of Mesech to Shabbos, we say, everything follows the end. Here, too, we're explaining something very major and general that comes as a result of keeping Shabbos with all of its details. And the Rebbe explains it in the following way. It's explained in a number of places the difference between the three stages or time frames of Shabbos. We have the night of Shabbos, the evening of Shabbos. We have the day of Shabbos. And then we have the afternoon, the time of Mincha of Shabbos called Raiva the Raivin. On the evening of Shabbos, this is the time where we are told that the level of Malchus is going up from the lower worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya and going up into the world of Atsilus. That is, during the week, the sphere of Malchus lowers itself down into the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya in order to elevate the sparks that are there. As the Pasuk says, its feet are going down into the places of negativity. On the night of Shabbos, on the evening of Shabbos, it comes up back to the world of Atsilus. Since the worlds are receiving from the sphere of Malchus, generally speaking, so when Malchus is going up into Atzilus, that means also into the lower worlds, Malchus, as an Atzil, is, it is an Atzilus, is shining down now into all the lower worlds. Then comes stage number two on the day of Shabbos, on the morning of Shabbos, even a greater level is shining. This is called the level of Zoz, Eranpin. These are the higher Midois of Atzilus. Chesed, Gvura, Teferis, etc. Then, comes the time of Raivin, the late afternoon of Shabbos. And this is the time where a level that's even higher than Zoh and higher than Malchus shines. A level that's so high and so great that as a result of that, it actually combines these two levels of Zoh and Malchus together. This is all expressed in our davening on Shabbos. On Friday night in our Shemin Esrei, in Elekeinu Velekei Aviseinu, 
we say, They should rest on Shabbos, but the expression is used in the feminine. It's referring to Malchus. In Shachris, we say the same words, but suddenly we change it to the words, Because here, we are in the masculine, because here we're speaking now about the spheres of Zoh, which are compared to the male as opposed to the female of Malchus. Then, on in Mincha, we change it once again, and suddenly here we're saying, we should rest in them, in the plural, because here there's a combination between Zoh and Malchus. Says the Rebbe, since on the evening of Shabbos, all the Olamois are being elevated, Malchus is shining in the lower worlds, as Malchus is an Atzillus, it's being expressed and manifest in the lower worlds. Therefore, on the evening of Shabbos, all Klipois are nullified. During the week, Malchus is going down into the worlds of Biyah, dealing, trying to deal with the Klipois and, and elevate them and refine them and so on. That means, that itself is telling us that the Klipois do exist. In other words, the Klipois are not being completely nullified. However, on Shabbos and Shabbos, the whole level of Malchus is going up into the world of Atzillus, a world where no bad could exist. As the Pasuk says, Lo yigur with Hashem, there is no evil. Therefore, the whole world, our world, is in a state where the Klippos are also like non-existent. However, it's still understood that by the fact that Malchus is going up and the Klippos are being nullified, to a certain extent, this is all... We know, we understand that it's all connected to the avoida of the person. As Razal tells us in regards to our avoida, that when a person does his avoida, he does his avoida properly, he's becoming like a partner with Hashem in my separation in the creation of the world. One of the explanations in this is, as Razal tells us, Ruach Tzvoinis, the northern side of the world, Einem Seveves is not completely closed off. That means, as far as creation is concerned on its own, there is the side of north, which is the source and the place of Klipois, as in another passage it says, Mitzofoin from Tzofoin, Tiposach, all the negative starts. This side is left open, meaning to say there's still room for the Klipois. However, on Shabbos, which as a result of the Avoid of Bnei Yisroel, Malchus is going up, all these Klipois are being nullified, it's as if we are blocking off, we are closing off this northern side, and now the creation is complete. And this is what it means that B'nai Yisrael are becoming a partner with Hashem in Baisabereshus because we are helping the building of the world. We are completing, blocking of this side so that the Klippos shouldn't be able to exist there. Now this happens immediately as soon as Shabbos starts. This is the evening of Shabbos. This is Kabbalah Shabbos when we start keeping Shabbos right at the beginning of it. Then, as a result of our avoida, and as a reward for our avoida, we get elevated on the morning of Shabbos to even a greater level, to the oir of Zoh, of the Midas of Atzillus. Then we go up even higher, all the way to the level of the oir that's higher than Zoh and Malchus, and in fact, even unites them. Says the Rebbe, this is all hinted in the fact that at the end of Mesechta Shabbos, meaning at the end of us doing all the things of Shabbos properly, all of the halachas and all the aspects of Shabbos, which is all also included, as we said before, in the general concept of the beginning of the Mesechta, which we said is not carrying out to the outside. The Mesechta is telling us, notifying us about the three aliyos, these three elevations that come as a result of our avoidah, and these are hinted in the three things that we said, and in this particular order. Paikikin, we seal or we shudder 
that opening, moididin we measure, and koishrin we tie. That is, on the night of Shabbos, we achieve the aliyah of malchus, that is, the worlds are all going up, and the kalipis are being shut out, they're being nullified. This is the way we're blocking off, we're closing off that opening of the northern side, the tzofen side. Then we get to a higher level where the midas of Atzilus are shining. That's hidden, hinted in the word umoided in measuring. This is similar to what the Razal say, the midas in loy. In the measure that a person acts, Hashem acts back to him. So, in other words, the word moided in measuring is related to the same idea of midas of the midas of Atzilus. And then finally, we come up to even a higher level, koishrin, tying that knot. Meaning to say that an oil that's even higher than Zoh and Malchus is shining, the one that ties them and unites them together. And through that, also tying all of the oil together, that we all become one big Rishus, Hayach Rishus, one Rishus, to Yechidu Yishaloylam, to Hashem, connecting all of the worlds with Hashem completely.